once you start seeing maybe the red flags and you've had those difficult conversations and you haven't seen the changes happen, it's in the best interest of both parties for the individual, for the team member, and for your business to make the decision fast. You're never going to regret. You always, like, you never regret some, firing somebody right away. You always regret waiting too long. We make mistakes every day in basically every facet of life. Wouldn't it be nice to just skip a few? We'll help you fuck up less. Listen in. Welcome back. We're happy to be back. Um, you know, all with you guys. It's been, you know, a little while. We have a very, very important topic we wanted to cover today. What um, is it? Oh, I'm going to bring it up in a second. Bob and I had a conversation and this is, I know we typically talk business, but this is one of the most important topics that we can cover today. Bob texted me a picture of the new Lamborghini Revolto <laughs> and told me it looked like a Corvette C8 Stingray. It does, man. And if and if uh, so for for the editors, if you can pop up a picture of the new Lamborghini Revolto and the and the Corvette C8, maybe preferably just get them both in orange. And I just want everybody to comment on that and see who's right or wrong. Look we're at having, that like, get a picture of them just like the front end together, looking pretty damn similar. And then look at the rear quarter panel. Like they're mid-engine cars. All mid-engine cars have a similar style. It's like, yo, check a Dodge Ram versus a Ford F-150. They both have this weird bed in the back. That is that is a fucking pickup truck. Well, I mean, in that regard, you could tell a Raptor versus a Ram. And then like the TRX came out and took a similar rear end that the Raptor had. So that was one of the ways you could tell the difference. Listen, but let's just let the people decide because me and you will never see eye to eye on this. Let's let the I'm people just, decide. I love Lambo. I'm a big Lambo fan. But I think the new car is a little uninspired. If you're watching this, or what we need you to do, and we're going to get into some great, great content for you guys in a second. But no, we're not. If, if you're we're watching this, we need you to talk for 45 minutes on this. We're just going to talk for 45 minutes, but I love to, to please, debate. If you're on listening on podcast, go to our YouTube and comment Lambo or, or C8. Lambo means it doesn't look like C8 means you're a hater and you think it looks like a Corvette. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. I, I started reading, uh, actually like the other day recommendation from Joey and I've heard about the book before and I've never read it. Like I've heard about it in passing, but I started reading like the challenger sale. I don't know if you've ever read it. Dude, I literally uh, downloaded that the other day. Oh, for real? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I downloaded it like from maybe last week. Yeah. So I just started it yesterday. Um, and it's super good because it's, I've realized sometimes I just like reading books that confirm the shit that I do is effective. And then I know the why behind it. I can really like dig into it more and improve it and then help kind of like teach it better. But one of the things it talks about is like the profile types of, of salespeople. And in the Challenger profile, they love to debate. And that was something you and I were talking shit about the other week, is we will argue points even when we have no idea what we're talking about, just to argue, just to be a little, and like not, I think it's in a good way, to be like a little bit argumentative, just to debate. Even if there's a slight hint where it's a disagreement, it's like, hey, I'm going to go in on this. And I'm just going to challenge your position on it, just for shits and giggles. So I thought that was, that's hilarious. You start, you picked up the book too. I think we can kind of pick, pick up on that a little bit too, but I believe in business, it takes, it takes a sense of, or a, a small bit of like, ah, oh, what do I want to call it? 
You have to have, you have to be sort of a lunatic. You have to be kind of like so dead set in your beliefs that this is going to happen or I can make this happen that you're kind of delusional. And uh, I think that's why we have that. We like, sometimes we get like, we dig our heels and we, if when we set our minds on something, we know it can happen. We just, we'll just go and we won't accept no for an answer. We'll figure out a way to make it work. And I think it's success is, has a little bit of that, like the unwillingness to accept that like this won't work or this can't work. Well, I think the cornerstone behind that, because you don't have to have like a personality type like us to be successful. Uh, there's plenty of successful people that are very different than us. You and I have very similar personality types. But I think that with that, it comes back to your mission and your vision. So if you have a bigger purpose as to why you're doing something, the likelihood of you doing, you know, not stopping, completely believing in it when people are telling you it's a stupid idea or anything like that and keep pushing forward, like when you have that purpose, which some people call a mission, behind your actions, it's going to keep pushing you. So, you know, hey, I know that there is a need for this or a purpose for this and all that. You're going to push through. And then if you have the vision of this is why I'm doing it, like this is where I'm going to go. This is what it's going to look like in 10 years and 20 years. While some people can't even see it from the beginning, but you can see the bigger picture. I think that's what allows any sort of entrepreneur to, and even those who don't necessarily maybe have entrepreneurial traits from the beginning. I, I don't think I did. I don't think like I didn't ever plan to open like, you know, some people like started becoming it. They, they were a fucking salesperson and sold their first product when they were 14. Like that wasn't me. I sold some weed in high school, but it wasn't to, to make money. Uh, right. But you know, so it wasn't like this business entrepreneurial path behind it or anything like that. And then when I, when I graduated college, I was just like, cool, I'll get a sweet job and, and do what I like. So I do think though, having that big vision, and that mission. So yes. like, where are you going and the why behind it is what allows truly successful or maybe I don't know if successful is the right term or people who won't give up in the face of imminent failure. Like that's the trait that you need to have is you need to understand the big what picture. What was Simon's, Simon Sinek's book? Start, start with why is it called? It's like you start with the why then the how then the what or whatever it is. Um, and people start with like, the, they always do it backwards, like the what, the how, and then the why. And that's why, like, you never listen to his teachers. It's almost like that. Like, you have to have the why behind it. And that goes through, you know, multiple things in life. I've I, never read I that. I actually, but... I haven't either. I just downloaded that too. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, watched a YouTube, I, I watched a YouTube summary on it. <laughs> so something just popped into my head. And I want to know if you want to jam on this. And I know it's kind of like we've taken it in a different direction. But um, if you're a business owner you're an entrepreneur, eventually you're going to have to make really uncomfortable, tough decisions. And I had to let an employee go a few days ago. For which business? For Legion. Okay. Um, I hired a coach. Um, it ended up, we ended up seeing that things that we were looking for didn't come naturally and they were forced. And, um, and we had to, we had to unfortunately let her go, but you know, sometimes I think there's a lot, you know, when you're, when you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur and you, you, you end up in a situation where you have to let somebody go. I think there's, there's a certain, there's a certain, there's a certain process and steps that you need to take to make sure that this isn't on you. Cause it could be on you. And I feel like in the past, sometimes when employees didn't work out, I feel like I should have taken a lot more responsibility for that. Cause I didn't give them the structure, the tools, the feedback, and you know, the, the, 
the path to be successful that they needed in order to flourish in the job. And then, you know, I ended up saying, well, why didn't this work? But in this case, I feel like I actually did it correctly. And when we left off, it was like a mutual decision. Um, you know, the employee understood why it happened. I think that it was just a very constructive conversation instead of firing somebody and it wasn't uncomfortable. And I think like this is really, really valuable for people because it's all sunshine and, and roses when you're starting a business, right? We're driving Lambos, we're rich, we're making all this money, but there's really, really tough decisions that have to be made in business. And I think that this is something that you've had a lot of experience with and I'm starting to get a lot of experience with, with, with hiring and firing and how to do it in a constructive manner. And I don't know if you want to jam on that, but I was like, that just popped into my head. And that's, I think it's a really tough part of business getting employees to, you know, produce or be high, high performers as you're scaling your business. I know you have a lot of people you're bringing on and, you know, how do you do that in a constructive manner? And there's going to be some churn and there's going to be some people that don't fit in and you have to let go along the way. Um, you know, so I don't know if you want to jam on that, but I, that popped in my head. I'm like, man, that that's something that I would like to hear if I was. I think that's actually really good. And I think one thing before we get into that, because I think it's actually kind of a cool segue because it was something that popped in my head that, you were kind of mentioning about with Simon Sinek saying, you know, start with why. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a, it made me immediately think, and it kind of just clicked there. Whereas I think when you, and this kind of, this will kind of go into team. When you start a business, generally, if you're starting a business, in my experience, just for the money purposes, like, hey, I want to do this because I'm be able to make acts yeah sometimes and this is just how i operate like the passion isn't there necessarily so you don't you know it doesn't maybe it's kind of a, a slog to get there so obviously if you're i don't know if it's obvious but like for most people who get into business you want to do it because you have this opportunity to create wealth and it's an amazing vehicle right. to do that but mostly freedom uh, and generally wealth will come with that however going back to why you're doing something really helps you when you said like the what it clicked i was like oh shit it's like, if you have a big reason as to why you're doing something, the what and how you get there doesn't exactly matter. Because if you're like, here's this, here's this big vision, I'm going to have this kind of impact. And this is why I'm doing it, which is like the vision and the mission behind something. So yeah. it's like, that's what I'm going after. And I'm thinking back to even some gym owners who are like, I hate one-on-one -on -one personal training. And I think that large group and small group is a much better vehicle to get there. And Agreed. we'll have a larger impact and we can help more people and we'll get people the better results and change their life, which generally of some capacity is the reason that people, the mission behind their business. So understanding the, the, the where you're going, the impact that you want to have, and the why behind it will allow you to make those changes relatively quickly, which I think in business, you have to be able to make changes because when you get started with something, you know, Maybe the original thesis of how you're going to do it isn't going to work. But if you're not tied into the what action of the actual tap, but then it won't, it's not that hard to switch because you're like, Hey, that's not going to help me create this impact and achieve, you know, this outcome that I'm looking to have, like have happen through the business. I can go back and revert and make that change. Uh, whereas I think some people who don't start with why, I guess, have a difficult, have a difficult kind of, um, they find it difficult to make those changes that are going to be necessary to make their business successful. Yeah, to pivot, to, 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 hit, to hit a barrier, back up, move to the side, try again, move to the side, try again. And like yeah. I, I, one of our first episodes we talked about, we talked about that in, in, in more a granular level, but like 
hitting a roadblock and learning something from it and moving forward, right? Like, yeah, if you don't have the why, why are you going to do it? So, and I think with that, I've experienced that team is one of the best ways to really have the, you know, to, to, to really create the, the impact and achieve the vision um, that one is looking for. So, yeah, we just recently last week hired, or I think in the last two weeks, we hired two people inside of Gym Academy. Um, last week I had, was it last week? It was this week, you know, had a um, nice, candid, difficult conversation with uh, the team of the gym. And then, yeah, I mean, over the years, I've hired and fired probably hundreds of people. I don't know if I yeah, fired. right. You got more experience in it than yeah. I do. Um, you know, so first thing and, I I've, and about- I've learned not to cut you off, but I've learned a lot from you along the way, like from my first actual tough fire where you've given me the advice. I didn't take the advice. What was it? And then I was in, I was in a much worse situation. It was with Legion and you yeah. know the situation. I, I can share the story, but yeah, yeah. there were signs that there was an employee that was doing the wrong things and bucking the system and had, it was very self-serving and it wasn't for the team or for the culture and doing things that were putting our business at, at risk. And, but he did have a lot of strong points. And you told me, you said, if it's, you got to do it now, nip it in the bud, get rid of him and move on. You're going to be much better. If you don't do this, you're going to end up in a worse situation and you're going to compound your issues. And I didn't listen to you and look where it came to. And I had to let the coach go because bad things happened and it, and it put the business at risk and it put the customer experience at risk and it ended up, you know, making us almost even look bad at doing it. And I didn't listen to you because you saw the signs and you know what to look for in employees. And, and that was a, a really, really important part of my life. And, and, you know, they say hire slow and fire fast. You have to make that tough decision. When you put it off, it gets worse and worse and worse. And it can literally sink your business. Yeah. I don't know. And this was something that I was, I was talking to somebody with the other day. I was actually a new client that we brought on that immediately just off of our our first call like his business is going to add at least 15k per month in profit just by honestly like taking a look at team um and making some changes there so if nothing else he's going to add 180k to his business this year if we change absolutely awesome. nothing so pretty fucking awesome and the one thing i told him because i've heard this from and you've definitely heard this you know, you hear this from pretty much every business owner that's been in the game for longer than like five years. And like, you never regret, <laughs> like, generally speaking, you're never going to regret, you know, the decision you made when you fire somebody. Because oftentimes we wait, like, it's kind of like, I look at it as in a gym churn, you know, on uh, how your customers leaving every single month, the attrition that you're having is actually like a lag indicator of the experience yeah. and the service they're getting. So we need to make 100%. sure that we're looking at those lead indicators. And in a gym in particular, 100%. if you're finding that your attrition's like high, it's going to take you not like, you're going to see some small changes over 30 days, but you're going to, it's going to take 60 to 90 days to see the changes that you're making to improve that really take into effect. Because when people are at a gym, like people don't join a gym, generally speaking, to be like, I'm going to leave right away. Or they don't start an engagement with a service-based company to be like, Unless it's very explicit, like, hey, I want to join this and then leave. Like, they're looking for a solution for the long term to relieve a problem for them. Right. So when they decide to leave, it's usually something has been building up over time. At least that's the experience that they, what I've seen kind of in gyms. It's like, 
all of a sudden the classes or the sessions aren't as good and people are slowly dropping the ball, but if they they're giving you kind of the benefit of the doubt. And then finally, when a member decides to leave, it's kind of like the service went down gradually, if not, you know, big time over the last 60 to 90 days. So they quit. So like, and so that means for the last quarter, that shit's been happening. So unless yeah. you're looking at the lead indicators and you're really inspecting what you expect and you have really good, you know, kind of communication with your team, then it's it's kind of like you're like shit. I gotta I gotta go in and, and fix this. So, with that being said, it's you know once you start seeing maybe the red flags and you've had those difficult conversations and you haven't seen the changes happen, it's in the best interest quick. of both parties, for the individual, for the team member, and for your business to make the decision fast. And you're never gonna regret. You always like you never regret some firing somebody right away. You always regret waiting too long. And I'm I'm like mixing up the saying or whatever. Hundred percent. Much more elegant. But when it's happening. Like it sounds like with, because I've let people go where you, you actually, it's actually in the best interest of both parties. I was literally, this is literally what I was going to discuss with when I, when I go over like how it let go, but you're right. It's for the best interest. But before we get into yeah. that, can I, can I get us canceled really quick? Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is going to be an extremely unpopular opinion and we're probably going to get canceled for this because <laughs> it's just not acceptable in today's society. But like, we're here to tell you what you need to hear. Not Bob's like, Jesus, Angela, what are you saying? Please, God, not on Good Friday. Um, so <laughs> I'm a terrible Christian. I, like, I forgot. I was like, shit, I can't eat meat today. <laughs> Curses <laughs> at, at the same sentence, though. Um, I, man, I, I'm just going to say it. very, very rarely very very rarely i just can't see an employer firing a high performing employee when people get fired i i just i just really i hear all these stories about it's a conspiracy they're hating me they're sexist they're racist they don't think this they want to work, and they say all this stuff but if you're a business owner and i don't and and maybe i'm wrong on this why would you ever fire or try to get rid of or push somebody out that's a high performer as an asset to your company have you ever done that have i made mistakes in letting people go 100 percent um have i regretted the decision no because of the reasons that went there and i have gotten rid of like you know sometimes they were a high performer but yeah i've never gotten rid of somebody that was performing up to capacity Unless they were a toxic human being in the work environment, which I really which is worse than which is which is worse than have somebody yeah. that's underperforming. Yeah, that's even and worse. I've only had that. I've only had that one time, and it was a super big bummer because she was fantastic. Like she, had, she believed in the business. Um, she had, and so that's kind of like one of the notes I took down was kind of like what I got from EOS when it comes to a team. It's like when you're when you hire somebody. And then when you get rid of somebody, the decisions always come down to the core values. Like, do they align yeah. with the core values? And if somebody doesn't align with your core values, you got to get rid of sure. them. Sure. So like they can be a sure. high performer, but if they're not aligning with your core values, it doesn't matter how good they are because they're going to be toxic in the environment. And so that's kind of like, kind of one of the things that we encountered when I had to get rid of this person who was a manager at one of, at my top performing location. So like, here's a location that would do 30 to 50 K in profit a month. Um, depending on the month, if not even higher, generally every single month. And then I was like, all right, like, listen, if I keep you any longer and it had already been going on, it's like, it's just going to keep on pissing off all my other great employees. So. But what do you think the sentiment was of that employee? Once that employee was, was let go. Oh, she fucking hated was? me. She tore me apart. 
she like so in this situation it was because we had uh, even had conversations of her opening up a franchise and doing all of that and i really really liked her and, and there was a lot of great things she did for the the business but at this time she started kind of like taking advantage of the system taking advantage of her team members and stuff like that and like that's one of the things that every business owner has to look at just because your business is good doesn't mean there's not issues that like essentially revenue and profit are hiding uh and you know because you always say the stuff like her revenue hides inefficiencies so with her oh yeah no i let her and this is the other thing and this is where a lot of business owners struggle because like oh i don't want to like i know in the long term it's the best decision for both people so when you make a decision this is what i told uh, one of our clients Jake, the other day like once you make a decision you just have to stick with it as a business owner as an entrepreneur like you have to make fast decisions and be okay with it you can't second guess you can't harp on it if it was the bad decision whoops you fucked up move on learn from it with her dude i let her go and she tore me apart on social media tore me apart it wasn't the first time that's ever happened to me so it really didn't bother me that much you know and like at the end of the day it's not it, like you take a look at performance you take a look at do they hit the core values do they hit like the scorecard and then it's like do they get it do they want it and they have the capacity you know and that's the other big thing like when i'm hiring and when i'm reviewing team members and everything like that like that's what it's based on but if somebody's a great fit for the company and they're pushing the business forward or they're taking you know they're, they're a great addition with the team members and a great you know you know uh addition with the clients then you're not going to get rid of somebody so it does suck if you have to get rid of somebody that is a good performer you know, as far as they like, they understand the position, so they get it. At times, they want to do it. You know, so if somebody like it doesn't matter if somebody gets what the job responsibility is, if they don't want to do yeah. it, like that's just if if they don't. Generally speaking, it's going to be very difficult to do that. And then it's like the capacity. Like, can they actually do the job? Do they have the time? And then do they have the skills? And sometimes with capacity, as long as they have the time and they have the the ability to like level up, you can like train them up a little bit. But there's sometimes they just, you know, it's just, it's just not something somebody's going to be capable of doing. So you have to be mindful of that. So if they don't fit one of those boxes and if they don't fit one of the core values, you got to get rid of somebody. Like it's just only going to hurt you in the long term. And then what it could do by avoiding the difficult conversation, it's going to hurt your business because generally speaking, you're going to get rid of somebody because they're not doing a good job. And then, you know, so that'll have revenue and profit, you know, impacts most of the time and most of the businesses that I'm in. Um, and then it's going to cause you issues because your team, like anything today, like I'm not a solopreneur. I do try and keep a super lean team, but I can't do anything without the team. Like I'm not, just looking for a, a high paying individual job for myself. Like I want to create leverage in the business and I want to create opportunities for, 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 you know, people and employees and stuff like that. You know, so everything I do is based off team. So, but if you have somebody that is not a good fit for your culture, you're going to lose other great employees. And that's why it's important to act fast when you start seeing it. Like, I don't know what the, the details of that dude was that you, you got rid of, but one, hopefully it is like, if you're, if you're like doing a good job with your team, there shouldn't be any point in time where they get surprised. Like right. if you're using, you know, the scorecard you're having, and I know like one of the things right. you do a really good job of is like, you do have a lot of communication with your team. This is where I right. see a lot of business owners make a mistake is like they hire a team and then they don't fucking train them. They don't communicate right. with them. And then they get pissed off. Or right. like, they're not doing a good job. It's like, well, no shit. Right. You know, it's like in, in gym Academy, Josh and I, like we use Voxer and Slack for communication. It's nonstop. 
you know, we have our team meetings, but then we're also communicating all the time. So people don't have to wait and they know. And like, and also like with team and we, with people that we recently brought on, we also share like, and I'm kind of like in centric, we share the big vision. So we always let people know like, Hey, here's where we're going. Here's why we're doing it. Which means you have to be okay coming into an organization that's going to change things and change them fast and how we do things, you know, one month may not be the same next month as we find if they work or don't work because, you know, that's kind of the pace that we're looking to do and they have to be okay with that. So bringing people on, that's actually, I think um, I'm not a great manager, but I'm a decent leader when it comes to getting people behind the bigger picture. Yeah. Uh, but I also let people know, like, listen, one of my my weaknesses is I'm not great with, like, fucking keeping on top of you. I'll help you out as much as possible, but I also have this expectation that you're going to do your shit. That's why I'm bringing you on board. Right. And But there's a fine line there to people that hire people, give them, like, a little bit of training and then just set them on their way and expect them to get it, right? So, like, yes. I've, I've felt in the past of, like, thinking people got it and they understood it. And now I'm very, very – so the hiring process for me – and back to like the employee firing thing, like it, it's 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 our fault if we don't give them the right processes, right? So here's how things should be done if you're an entrepreneur, or you're a business owner, bringing on a new employee. In my eyes, I have somebody come on board for a month. They shadow every department, so they understand our business. They get the why behind it. They get what we do. They understand just a little bit about each department. Not everybody does this, but this is what I find best. You know, a salesperson we just hired. They sit with the marketing team. Um, they obviously sit with the sales team in shadow. They sit with, um, you know, customer, um, you know, support calls and they sit with it. And then they kind of see how everything in the business runs. They get an understanding of it as a whole. So they truly get it. Um, they, they understand our core values, understand our purpose. And then we lay out expectations. We're going to train on this. We're going to test you on this. This week, we're going to train on this. We're going to test you on this. This week, we're going to put you on this amount of calls. We're going to expect this. And there's just like a set progression there for them, right? So they know what needs to be done. And it's funny because I hired somebody, and this is a different story, but I hired somebody for for Case Connect. And we were talking the other day and we launched like a new division and he's doing really well. And I kind of explained for him and I, I caught myself, I messed up. I knew the vision for that new division and I knew the vision for his role in it, but he didn't know that. And this is a very, very, very sharp kid we hired. And I explained it to him the other day. I was like, here's what I envision. I envision you because we're bringing other people on. And I was like, I envision you running this division, having people under you. And then, you know, your, your, your comp structure will work of performance of people under you, albeit a much smaller, you know, number, obviously. But, you know, you're tied to your performance, but the division under you. And I like to take on X amount of clients by X amount of time and bring in X amount of revenue. And this is what that looks like to you. And he's like, man, I'm so glad you said that because I was kind of, I, I wanted to ask you, like, what's the vision for this? Where do, where do you see this going with this new division? So like, it's on us to give them the why, why we're doing this, what's the, the vision, give them like what needs to be done and then give them how to do it, right? So with this new coach that, and this is different business and we're going to transition over, we brought her on board. Um, you've always said to me that you shouldn't, be taking it. Maybe you didn't make, I'm making this up, but take credit for it. Anyways, it's great. Even if you did, that's good. You said, you know, we want to hire somebody that's like a five or six and take them to like a nine or a 10. You don't want to take like a one to like a five or six. I think you said something like that. Like you need somebody with that baseline. And then, so I think we may, might've taken on like a three to four, but the person got the why they understood. They had like a real passion. Like, I think we can make this work. It took a little bit of a gamble. After three weeks, we set out the training, we set out the expectations, the shadowing, we give them everything they needed to be successful, and it did. It wasn't quite where we wanted to see it. 
So instead of just like firing the person and saying, hey, it's not working out, I, I saw, I'm like, I don't know if it's gonna work out, but let me go back in, set clear expectations. We graded every class, we gave specific feedback. We had conversations about this is where we're at. This is not what I'm seeing. This is what we're expecting to see. I need somebody with this kind of baseline and we can build from there. Bringing you on, I expected us to be here and build from there, but we're not quite even there yet. So we laid out realistic expectations. We had a conversation every single day. And the last conversation was, hey, I don't see the progression I need to. I put a performance plan in place. It was very, very constructive. And I, I spoke about sharing my business experience when I was 18, 19, I had a couple failed businesses. I had a tattoo parlor. I had a concrete business, right? I had all the, I had failed businesses. It wasn't that I wasn't a good business person. And it wasn't that I, it, I, it wasn't for me and I wasn't the right person for this and I couldn't make it work. It was, that wasn't the right time for me at business. I failed, but I had to kind of fall on my face, understand what I needed to learn and then go get jobs along the way to pick up the skill sets that I needed, return back. And when I returned back, I was stronger, better than ever. I was ready to succeed. And I had the conversation with the employee and I said, this is my experience and this could be very similar with you. I feel like you have what it takes inside in your heart. You have the desire, you truly get it. You truly want to make this work, but there are some skill sets that you need to pick up along the way. Do you think by X day, you know, you'll be able to perform at this level, or do you think that is something that you might need to pick up more skill sets and more baseline and then be able to come back at some point in the future? Uh, I said, you know, why don't you take the weekend, watch some YouTube videos, kind of see what you're seeing from these coaches, kind of get a perspective of what's going on in the industry, do a little bit of research. I gave her some resources and I said, you know, report back to me Monday. Monday came and I didn't have to let her go. She came to me and said, hey, can we have a conversation earlier than we were scheduled to talk? She said, I did a lot of thinking over the weekend and I think you're right. And I, I know this is what I want to do and this is an amazing business and I love this and I feel like right now, this isn't the right position for me. I don't want to take anything away from the members and what they're experiencing. I love this job. You have an amazing business and I know this is where my heart's at and I'm going to eventually be here, if not here, another similar gym, like something like this. This is what I want, but I need to go and pick up the skill sets and what you said to me really stuck. And I was like, do you want until this date? You know, I said, I appreciate you sharing that and being, you know, humble and honest and vulnerable and sharing that with me. And it takes a lot of maturity and, and she's going to do well. I was like, do you want until this date or do you want to? And, and I gave her a choice to stay. And she said, you know, I, I'd love to hang around and kind of shadow and see where you guys are at, but I don't want to take away from the members. And I realized at this point right now, I'm not at the point where I can be an asset to them quite yet. I will be one day but right now, just not the right time. And it was one of the best firings I have ever done because we mutually parted. And I know that she's going to go and do amazing things and she's going to understand. And I hope that she comes back to us when she's ready. Very, very good coach. She's got it deep down inside. Um, but I think that if employee has that feedback loop, you set the expectations, you lay out what needs to be done, they'll come to the realization on their own and it'll be in a good way. Like a lot of times as businesses, we, we have firings, like we just get frustrated with people. We put it off, we put it off till we curse them out. Get the F out of my business. You're doing this. Da, 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 and they get frustrated and they fire people. And it's just bad. If we're just supporting people and just doing right by people and give them everything they need to be successful, but it's just not working out and they understand that, it comes to the realization on their own. And it's a good thing for both parties. She's going to do amazing things. We're going to put somebody in place that can fill that void right now. And both parties are going to win in the future. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, I think when you have a team member, that's an amazing way 
to have them part where it's like, yo, I, I love you. appreciate it, but I'm going to go a different direction, you know? So no feelings are hurt, anything like that. And that's how it should be. And we all struggle with it. I mean, I've definitely, I can tell you the ideas and theories behind it, but I've screwed up a ton because especially early on, I did not communicate with team. I was like, here's what I want. Here's your expectation. Do it. Oh, you're not fucking doing it. Get the fuck out. You know, and it gets to, and I mean, how, you can think about it in a relationship, like how many relationships, you know, this took me a while to learn in relationships 100%. where I like people get in these arguments because you're not even communicating. You're not, Hey, this is, this is what's going on. This is why I feel this way. Here's this or blah, blah, blah. And then they just like blow up or whatever. And it's the same thing in business where it took me, I can't remember, but it's probably like, I probably lost some people or like, man, this person would have been really good, but I didn't do a good enough job leading and communicating and then training them. So I lost a good, like I've had several of those employees too, where like I lost a good team member because my shit wasn't together enough to help elevate them. And then you look back, you're like, damn, if I, if I had a better process in place, I could get them there. And like, when I, when I bring people on now, I'm like, Hey, listen, I'm not bringing you on for a short-term period of time, you know, whether depending on where their skill level is and the role or whatever, it's, I want you for the, you know, I want to be in this partnership together for the next five, 10 plus years. So that's the vision right. I want to see you grow. You know, with gyms, that's one of the funny things is I was looking at the artwork and I was thinking about this this morning. And a lot of times we talk about like Case Connect yeah. <laughs> on this podcast or this YouTube, whatever the fuck it is. But we also both own gyms. And like you have a very <laughs> successful gym that you are completely removed from. So I, but I do well, think hold on homeboy. I'll be live streaming every Monday at 11. Now I'm getting back in the trenches and I'm having a blast. I have noticed that that's super cool. But like, <laughs> you, you know, you do a good job communicating with your team and stuff like that as well. But so I think it's actually funny. Cause I like, I'm like, Oh shit. Like this is, th these are great communications for gym owners. Um, yeah. But in, yeah, I think it comes down to, to like, as far as the individual, I don't, I know something that I learned the hard ways if, and this is where a lot of, I think business owners screw up. If you are a seven at something and you need somebody to be a 10, you're not going to be that person that can take them there. Cause if you're a seven at best, you're going to bring somebody up to a six. So right. you have to bring somebody else in that has those skills that you're missing to help you there. Like a consultant or something like that. Damn, you know, so hold on, hold on. let me hit the air horns. Hold on. <laughs> Did that come through? Did, it, did the air horn That did come, come through. <laughs> Dude, hold on. Say that. Hold on. Let me hit it one more time and say it again, baby. I don't even remember. But no. it, you said, let me, let me just paraphrase. If you're a seven, right? The, if you're a business owner, you want somebody to be a 10 and you're a seven, there's no possible way at best you're going to hire somebody and bring them up to a six, right? You yourself have to be. That's why when you told me in FitPro, when we started, you said, Here's the difference between me and you. I, you have to know a little bit about every aspect of your business when you come into it. You just have to understand a little bit about everything. You got to know because how can you train people? How can you bring people up? You don't know. You yourself have to be the master. Or like Bob said, hire somebody on that is the master that can get so that is a 10 that can bring somebody up to an eight or a nine. Yeah. And like, and I, especially if you're a gym owner, like so many people, and I don't know if attorneys are like this too, but like they don't want to do sales. And yeah. I'm like, you got to learn sales. It is such a crucial aspect of your business that you have right. to do it. 
And right. it's really tough to be able to train and coach your team members. Because the other thing is, as you're building a team, like if we're looking at the gym space, if you started your gym as the trainer, you're coaching your clients, you're training your clients. Right. As you remove yourself from training clients, it's not that you're done coaching people. Now you're coaching your team members to deliver the product and the service that you've created and established. Right. So you're just transitioning in who you're coaching. So right. I can't coach somebody and teach somebody how to do something if I can't fucking do it or don't understand right. it. I can have right. a, maybe a concept of it and then go and bring on, like that's why you bring on consultants and, and coaches and stuff like that to then help elevate it. Like inside of Gym Academy, like we have a sales consultant that we're working with Joey and he's helping build out the sales team. You know, and I definitely ignored the hire slow, fire fast thing. I hired fast. I love doing that. <laughs> so that's what we do. We're like, oh, we need team, let's hire fast. So at this level, we're not looking for rookies. Like when we're bringing on a sales team members, you know, that's not in my gyms, especially if I'm maybe still coaching, I'm going to look for, I'm going to look a for six or seven, traits. bring them to a 10. Well, it's like, you know, in this exactly, it's like, Hey, I need somebody, you know, at this level, if we were more established and we can, you know, really bring in a sales team, like, or a team member gradually and stuff like that. The same thing, like with a, in a coach, when we eventually bring in the coaches, like we're not looking for fucking people that are, don't have experience running a gym. You know, so our coach is going to have to have that. So I think it, I think different businesses at different stages, there are going to be different requirements for the team. Like in my gyms, I loved hiring somebody that didn't have the skill set of a trainer. If they had the energy, if they had, they truly cared, you know, about people. So they had communication skills. They weren't like a weirdo. Uh, they had big energy so that people like to be around them. Like those were the intangibles that I'd liked hiring for because I'm a fucking 11 when it comes to training. So I can bring everybody up to a 10. And I Bro, also I, you them. You, when's the last time you trained, man? I want to put that to the test. I want you to fly out here and give me something at Bro. 11. Bro, Come I on. am You're the rusty. best. Uh, you're rusty. It's, I'm rusty it's like riding too. a bike. It's like, it doesn't go away when you're as good as I am <laughs> as a trainer. <laughs> Like that shit does not go uh, away. I've never seen you coach a class, but I will, I will attest. Bob did our, when we first opened up, he did our first orientation and it was magical, man. You're very good at presenting the groups. You've probably done a billion of them up until that point, but it was just magical, man. You did like, such a frigging good job. It was like friendly, clear, concise to the point. Like it was just like value, 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 value. And like, it's just, it was really, really good, man. You did a good it's job. Fun. So I can imagine your coaching is up there. <laughs> well, I've, Coaching, it's like interesting. Like I love doing it because, and that was, a th I think a lot of times when you, at least for me, like when I got in a business, I opened up a gym, not because I ever planned on it, but like I wanted to be, once I found out about what personal training was, like I wanted to be a trainer. And then because of how I'm built up, which is similar to you, like I wanted to be the best at it. Like a motivating factor, there's like what, there's desire and pain, which are going to be the motivating factors that like right. people essentially decide to do new things about right for me a lot of time it's not about pain like there's pain inside of me because i'm not the fucking best at it so that's right. the pain so for me a lot right. of times like in sales process like it's a desire thing for me it's not that i have this problem that's causing me pain and all oh, you got to get a twist it's like no it's it's almost like status a little bit to me whereas i have this well that's a whole other episode for us to unpack to, because i think yeah. you and i do things for a similar reason yeah you know and it's oh, who was i talking I might have sent it to you and I saw something recently 
And it's like, and I don't remember who, where I read it or who posted it. Actually, it might have been Taylor, but it was like the difference is there are certain people that wait till it's a problem and they're bleeding and they're about to die to try and elevate themselves and get coaching and learn more. Like I'm still always yeah. same thing with you, like always chasing skills and trying to improve it. Like, and I do it before I need it, yeah. so that it's not a problem. Um, right. But anyway, so like open the gym, like great, like so that was the thing is with with trainers because. I and I I did a hire early on. The dude was like we I think we talked about we talked shop for hours in the interview. He's so good. He had all these credentials. He had a better background than me, and he was extremely knowledgeable. And he was the worst coach I've ever hired. He was less like, you know. Luckily, I got that feedback early on from our clients. We're like, dude, this is so boring. Um, you know, and and we're not enjoying. And he's not he's not attentive to you know us and all that stuff. And like the energy's there, not there. Whereas then I've hired people that were just so passionate about helping people. They had such good energy. And then we could coach yeah. them on the skills needed to be a trainer. So for that business, I, I, that was great. And that's what I like to do. You know, but I think it depends on the level of where you're at or what you're looking to hire and like the need of it of how green can that person be, so to speak. Like for this business, we do actually like we have two SDRs. We have one AE and like the AE. Explain I what an watch. SDR is because I still forget it for everybody at home. So the SDR is Bob just grabs all these internet acronyms like from all these like internet gurus like SDR, CDR, pseudopedia, pseudopedia. Like what? Dude, it's just a sales rep. It's an appointment setter. Like it's, God. But, yeah, but it's not. It's like I run ads. I'm a media buyer. That was well, like so the media first buyer transition. is so, like so. And I didn't understand media buyer at first. And I was like, so you just fucking run ads. But there's also other forms of media. So it's like, you have to understand, like, you know, at what recent event, like one of the guys I'm talking about, like his main, one of his main channels is TV and it's fucking killing for him. And that's why in three or four yeah. years, his business is doing 150 million a year. We ran Hulu ads. I don't know how well they work. Cause there's no, like, you can't click a link and like track, like a lead from there, but it was just cool to see our stuff on like the Sixers games on or just like, yo, you won seven NBA retainers dog. <laughs> click here. But for the, um. You know, for so for our, our our sales rep, like we didn't want somebody that was like green. We wanted somebody with experience, and then we could get them the specifics of how we do things. And if they even had right. interest in fitness, that'd be good. And same thing with our, our actually our first setter. He was green, and I, as I'm reading the challenger, it's actually pretty cool because like you have the hard worker and then you have the challenger. So like a, a setter, and this I was really thinking about this for gyms too, like. The hard worker is probably even better for somebody that's a setter where they're just going to grind it out and just put those reps in because they know if yeah. it's a, kind of the volume game, they'll have success. Like that's what you want sure. in a setter because it's like, hey, the more context I do, the more people I talk to, the more appointments I'm going to set. And it's we want that trait with the like challenger when it comes to like one individual almost for a gym when it comes to sales. For this, like we're doing it like two different, we want to have that. So our first person, our first setter was green for the sales rep. We wanted to we'd get Josh and I off the phones. We're doing sales mostly. Josh was doing most of them. We were like, hey, we want somebody that's experienced because like our volume is, is huge. And we need, like, I very much believe in any of my businesses that if, let's say I'm doing a sale and I don't sign that person up who was a good fit and we can help, yeah. then we just fuck them over. We let them down because we truly could solve their problem better than anybody else. So by them not enrolling, we just screwed them over. We delayed their their time to success right. or we prevented them from having success. So in this world, it's like, hey, we don't want to have somebody that's super green, especially because of how busy that we're getting. So we need somebody that understands 
the the basic tenants and already has sales and already has success. Whereas like with a setter, like we actually, a new setter we had, he had experience doing it. So he's been awesome. But our first setter, he, she didn't, or he didn't have experience, but that was fa- fine because he was a grinder. He was willing to put the hard work in. He was willing to learn and we could continue to train and train and train and then get him better. Um, so I think it's stages of the business, what role you're hiring for, all that really determined on it. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the hire is. You got to have that level of communication where it's open, candid, and it should never come as a surprise to somebody if they're doing a good or bad job. Yeah, very true. And I know we're running we're running a little late today, but last thing I want to put in there is you're absolutely right. Like full transparency, I don't care about sales background and people. I actually I actually think of it as a minus because I think people come with like preconceived notions and they come stuck in their ways. But I, I want to hire the intangibles. Like, do you get it? Do you want it? Like, why are you passionate about it? Are you a hard worker? Are you willing to put in the work? Like the guy I hired for 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 uh, Case Connect, I told you about how he came and he applied for my gym to be yeah, a personal so trainer cool. mm-hmm. with no personal training certification, no experience, nothing. For I got knows what reason, and I talked to him. I was like, I denied him his application immediately because he had no cert, right? And he's for like a small group trainer. And he, he kept calling my coaches and like, you got to call this guy. He keeps calling him for an interview. I'm like, Hey dude, I'm sorry. Your thing went to the rejected. Cause you didn't have the, uh, the, you know, the right prereqs. And, um, I talked to him and something about me. I was like, man, this kid, he literally chased me down and found me. I'm like, yo, let's have a call tomorrow at 1130. He's like, okay. I was tied up in an interview. I blew him off by accident. I don't know if I already told the story, but no, and it's he, hilarious too. So I, uh, by accident, and then he missed it. And he said, Hey, no worries. I know you get busy. I know things can happen. Let's just, and he's trying to reschedule with me. I'm like, God, this guy's good. So I sent him to my partner. I'm like, dude, you got to interview this guy. I'm swamped. Like, I think this guy, he's like followed up with me religiously. He doesn't even know what the position that I'm trying to change him for the other job is. Yeah. And he hired him. He's like, dude, he's like, you got to get on the second zoom. I set him up for a zoom. You got to get on dude. The guy blew us up, like blew us away on this yeah. interview. And at the end, were there any questions? Like the only question I have is like, what would success look like to you guys at the end of 30 days? Um, like at the end of 30 days, what would make you say like, this was a great hire? What can I do to make this? And I'm like, dude, you're fucking hired. I'm like, I'll do this in the interview. Like I'd, I'm like, I'm going to be transparent. Like I'm sending you the, the agreement right now. Need you to sign it. Give me all your documents. Let's set up your ACH. I want you on Monday. Like that's literally how that went. I'm like, this kid is a rock. 19 years old, savage, savage, dude. I don't know why. I was just so proud of that kid. I was like, you know, I think Jimmy and Tim are just rock stars in, yeah. in Hatboro. Um, John is a rock star at Case Connect, right? Um, you know, Christian's a rock star. We have a new guy, MA, who's a rock star. Uh, AG's a rock star when he shows up. But like we hire very slow and we hire like based on intangibles and like what we see, dude, and we can teach you. We need this baseline. We can we can put everything else on top of that. You know what's funny? Like as I'm listening to this, it's we are <laughs> our beliefs are the same, but in two different roles. And I think it's interesting because you are your background is sales. Like you're a phenomenal salesperson. Yeah. Like I would say, like on scales of like one to ten, like above a ten when it comes to sales. So when you're looking for a salesperson to join your sales team, what you said, you're like, I don't want them to have the experience to have those to essentially have the inefficiencies and the like the fuck I got the shit I gotta overdo. But when you're looking for a train or stuff that you have to retrain them on, the bad habits. But when you're looking for a trainer, you want them to have a certification. Whereas for me, when I'm looking yeah. for a trainer, I hate if they have a certification. I don't want them to have 
really you want to train them a on lot your of way. I want to train them on my way and my way only. And so that like, I don't have to overcome the bad habits yeah. that have been developed. But then when I was looking for a salesperson, I was like, I want somebody that has sales experience. We so, are artists and yeah. we want a blank yeah. slate so we yeah. can paint on that blank slate, make it a yeah. masterpiece. <laughs> what we want. Yeah. Dude, we'll end it on this, right? Unless you have something nice to say no, I got about nothing. me again, that about being awesome. a good salesperson, because that was good. I can listen to that all day. <laughs> um, that, that, that kid called me today and he said, dude, I just want to let you know, I feel like I'm part of a family. What you've built here is amazing. And like, I originally came in thinking I'll stay for like a year or so, learn what I need to. He's like, I can see myself like making a career out of this. And this is just, uh, it's one of the best positions I've ever been in. And I just want to thank you for this opportunity. This is amazing. That's awesome. Um, that made me feel really good. So if you if you do if you hire the right people for the right reasons and you give them the right support and you just give them everything they need to be successful and either they meet it and they just excel and the rock stores or they don't and they just see their way out on their own and they find what's best for them, you'll be okay in business. It's, employees are tough and that's a lot of people want to be solopreneurs and they want to do everything themselves. But if you want to hire people, man, this is the only way you can scale up. Got to do it this way. Yeah. And I, I, one other little thing that I just noticed is funny because like our new, uh, new SDR, which I see him having a great future and he's been awesome. You know, it's like yeah. two weeks in. He, he reached out to us. Like he's like looking for this opportunity and his experience, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Same thing with that new dude you hired. Like he reached out to you. So I think that a lot of people, kind of just don't understand that there is opportunity out there and sometimes you just have to go for it. Like yeah. the worst that's going to happen is you get ignored. And that's so cool. Like that dude like, who's like following up, that guy's going to be an amazing salesperson for you. Yeah. We call him like, D-Nasty, man. It's our yeah. little homeboy. He's, he, he's, he's a savage. He's going to crush it. So, yeah, all right. Man. On that note, let's wrap it up. Thanks for listening. If you're learning from us, I want you to share this with other business owners who are hustling just like you. Oh, and don't forget, give us your social so we can have all the info. See you on the next one.